this week on Intrigued Full Effect. If I was to ever talk to my sister, I would tell her that I I'm looking for you, sister, and I will never stop looking for you and that we're going to keep trying to get you home. Ashley is very beautiful and she's, um, she's very funny and she's very smart. And Ashley loves to laugh and to be with family. I'm Shandrea Thomas and welcome to episode four. In this podcast, I talk about curious cases, disappearances, and other stuff. And today I'm talking about the June 2017 disappearance of 20-year-old Ashley Loring Heavy Runner on the Blackfeet Reservation in Browning, Montana. This story has a lot of layers, so I decided to do it in two parts. In part one, I spoke to Ashley's sister Kimberly and her cousin Lissa, and Kimberly actually testified before a Senate committee on Indian Affairs about the case in search of help. I will get into that. Then in part two, I get insight from two activists about the issue of missing and murdered indigenous women on reservations across the country. I also reached out to the Bureau of Indian Affairs about Ashley's case. But first, let's get into her disappearance. This is what happened. It was June 5, 2017 on the Blackfeet Reservation in Montana. Ashley was living with her grandmother at the time, and she told her family that she was going out with friends. Then later that night, she left home and was seen at a party on the reservation that same night. At some point, she left that party, and her family hasn't seen her since. We have to keep looking for Ashley. We can't do anything else but look for her. Everything that we do is for Ashley. Everything that we we do, we gotta like we gotta keep working and to save for searches. It's changed our whole family because now everything we do it is for Ashley. Everything that we have to like to live with, we're always thinking of Ashley. We're always trying to figure out what do we do next, do, you know, and we're always posting flyers on Facebook. We're always talking about Ashley. We go to conferences. There's one thing that we're big on is checking in. No matter how old you are, regardless, you know, of any of that age or whatever, you always call and check in with somebody. And that was another sign was that she wasn't calling, you know, Kimberly or yeah, anybody. She told us at the house that she was going to go with a friend and with a family friend. And, and then like a week passed and we found that family friend. And then he said that he hasn't seen Ashley since she first left the house. And that was around June 5th. We've known this kid since we were all little. So he's a family to us. Oh, he got worried too. And then we all found out that the other people also last seen her at that party on June 5th. There was a video that was posted online on Facebook and uh, it was her. And then it showed Ashley sitting on a couch and then it showed some other people at the house and they were having drinks and partying, I guess. And that was the last footage that we seen of Ashley. Ashley's sister Kimberly says they were planning to move in together after she returned from a trip to Africa. Her last phone conversation with Ashley was June the 6th. Ashley also called and desperately asked her friends for a ride home on the reservation on June the 7th. But they never connected because Ashley never responded to returned text messages. Then on June 8th, she made her last Facebook post. Another interesting fact is that the family says they were told by investigators that Ashley's last known sighting was June the 12th. To be honest with you, it's a nightmare because you 
because you can't stop thinking of Ashley and and then and then if you think of Ashley it's going to make you worry and it's going to make you have anxiety because you don't know if she's hurting you don't know if she needs you and you, and you need to go now but you have nowhere to go it's it's a nightmare I do not wish this on anybody when we're out doing things she, her name always comes up because she's basically our been our whole lives for 18 months and then like Kimberly said when you think of her you get anxiety and then you start thinking of your kids like you know what happened to our family to Ashley you know what can happen again or you know you just get all these scary thoughts and it's just it's, it's a horrible feeling the family has conducted over 100 searches on the reservation in the last 18 months. They didn't find Ashley, but they did follow up on a tip. On July 28th of 2017, they found a sweater with brown spots on it that belonged to Ashley. We actually found this gray sweater that people were saying that Ashley was last seen in. And we, well, so we found it and and then the eyewitness stated that Ash, that was Ashley's sweater, that she was wearing that exact same one. But we found that sweater through a tip. And we found it through a tip, and it was buried in a trash dump. Did the police ping her phone to find out track where she was and all of that? They said that. I was told by one officer that it's hard to ping on, you know, on the reservation because there's, there's only two towers. It's a sovereign nation. It's one of, you know, very few. So we kind of have our own justice system on there. They're also frustrated because it took law enforcement more than two months to launch a full investigation into Ashley's case. Lissa says they had issues from the start, especially when it comes to how the law operates on the reservation. First, they had to go through the tribe, then the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or BIA, to get movement on the case. Now the FBI is leading the investigation. You know, when you call the police, it's always, oh, they're out, they're old enough, or, you know, we don't have enough hands, we don't have enough officers. There's just always something that holds them back from finding our girls, or any of our people, men and women, boys and girls. Families are starting to stand up more. It's a really big issue that we need to bring, bring out there and let everybody know that what's going on. When Ashley first went missing, we had a lot of people from Browning searching with her. But then some days it was it was just family, and some days it was just me and a friend. Or then you know some days it was just me. Or one day it was just my uncle going out searching. The family says there were multiple tips that came in saying that Ashley was injured and hurt, including one that said she was last seen riding around with a guy. There was also information that she was taken to Washington and sold into the sex trade. Another theory is that she may have had a bad run-in with an unnamed woman in Browning. Gosh, we have over like 100 theories that could have happened. Um, the one that really weighs heavy on her heart is that Ashley was hurt. And over a jealous act, she could have been sold. But the, but the tips that we are receiving and everything, it's not saying that she's been sold it's just been saying that she's been heard and we and she was placed in the mountains and so that's why we had to search the mountains for the past 18 months her very first tip was ashley was running away from a vehicle on the highway and when we spoke with that man that was supposed to be like in that lead in that tip mm -hmm. he stated that he dropped ashley off 
on top of that mountain where we were searching where she was supposedly running on the road he said i we parked at this place so yes she was on at that time on that road with that man in that tip on December 12, 2018, Kimberly testified before the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs about Ashley's case and the silent crisis of missing and murdered Indigenous women. Kimberly also talked about how upsetting it was to find out how the sweater evidence they turned in was mishandled. The senators also spoke with the head of FBI and the head of BIA, as well. As what else? Department of Justice. Yeah, as well as the Department of Justice, and they asked them what is going on and why are they not being reported, or or why are they not? Why aren't you guys acting on them? What is taking so long for you guys to act on them? Basically, exactly. We feel like we're not doing enough, even though we talked to Congress, we brought Ashley's name up so high to get help. It's just not enough. It feels like because we still don't have Ashley. You know, coming from a family's、uh, point of view, point of view of what goes on when these girls go missing because of you know the protocols. There's no protocols from the police, so that was yeah from the law enforcement. That was our that was kind of the purpose of what they can do better. When we went to Congress and to go speak speak there about Ashley's story, the BIA goes. And calls the BIA back in Browning, and they find that sweater, and they get it mailed off, just because we went to Congress and told them that they did or they lost Ashley's sweater. And then the next day, the FBI calls and says, "Yes, you were right. The sweater was misplaced, but it is now found." But that was after 17 months that they did not send that sweater off because it was misplaced. We got a lead the very next day. We're in contact with the FBI. And then the,、uh, and then this body was found. Within 24 hours of Kimberly's testimony, investigators found human remains on the Blackfeet reservation. I had to ask if they thought it was Ashley, and they said without confirmation they will continue to search. As of right now, we do not, or we do not know what to believe. So we just have to go with, like, just to wait for. The testing to be done. It's just really hard to believe if that is Ashley. But right now, we're just going to try to stay calm and not and try not to worry about it. We'll go to any length to find her, and I feel like you know nobody should take their loved ones for granted. Not saying that we did, but you know you don't you never thought this would happen to our family ever. Ashley's story is just like all the rest. Of the girls that go missing and the men that go missing from tribes, it's it's basically the same story. When we talk to other families, they their main problem is is when they have to deal with law enforcement. The thing we could have done different was try our hardest to push it faster to get those police to move. Because I think as a family, you know, <laughs> we didn't know what to do. <laughs> we nobody does. You know, it's not something that we. You know, expected to ever happen to our family because it's always something we see on the news or read about. This was something Ashley was interested in, was to help with missing and murdered, and that's when we started getting all the stories just on our reservation alone. There, so far, we're up to twenty-seven names of murdered, you know, our murdered Indigenous people with no justice. 
I also reached out to the Bureau of Indian Affairs about the case, but the government shutdown closed their offices, so I couldn't get a response. Luckily, I found a recent article from the Lewiston Tribune about the case, and according to that article, BIA spokesperson Nedra Darling says, 55 people were interviewed, 38 searches were done, and they have some persons of interest in the case. It also says the FBI declined to comment, and right now the reward stands at $10,000 for information. When it's all said and done, the Loring family wants to keep Ashley's name in the spotlight, not only to find her, but to raise awareness about a troubling situation that has continued to plague the reservation for generations. We have to bring awareness (coughs) to the crisis because if it's not the families, you know, like, you know, without, if we don't give up, you know, maybe one day we can bring all of our loved ones home. You know, any chance we get, it's like we all became each other's shoulders. Yes. You know, whenever somebody goes missing, the families just contact the families because and that's we, we know that feeling. And we can give each other tips on what to do. Like, I did this when my loved one went missing. I did this. You know, it, help each other out. Ashley is very beautiful, and she's, um, she's very funny and she's very smart. And Ashley loved to laugh and to be with family. You have to keep being strong. You have to keep that hope when everything seems like it's going wrong and you've got to keep keep being strong if i was to ever talk to my sister i would tell her that i i'm looking for you sister and i will never stop looking for you and that we're going to keep trying to get you home before i give my final thoughts on this episode i wanted to share some of what kimberly said to the senate committee during her testimony it says in part I am asking you to recognize that Indigenous women matter, and the way our missing and murdered women cases are handled needs to be corrected. We are going missing. We are being murdered. We are not being taken seriously. I am here to stress to you, we are important, and we are loved, and we are missed. We will no longer be the invisible people in the United States of America. We have worth. My final thoughts about this case are, first, I had no idea about the major issues that were happening on the reservation regarding the murders and the missing persons cases. I had no clue about these things. That was really shocking to me. I'm also wondering about the alleged cover-up the family mentioned to me about the investigation in the case and why they felt that way. I don't think Ashley just took off on her own because... Kimberly told me that Ashley didn't have any money. As a matter of fact, during her last conversation with Ashley, Kimberly said she asked her for some cash. I think the big takeaway from the Lorings is that they love Ashley and they want her back home, and they want other families who are dealing with the same circumstances to know that there is help out there if they need it. That is why they are out there being very vocal. That's why they want people to know Ashley's story, and that is why they will not give up. Ashley is five foot two, about 90 pounds, and she was last seen wearing a gray sweater and a pair of jeans. Thank you for listening to episode four, part one. We have a lot more to talk about. Part two will focus on a nonprofit organization and a filmmaker dedicated to spreading the word about missing and murdered indigenous men and women. I'll be releasing that episode next week, along with some striking statistics that were shared with me. 
I'm also planning to post a blog and pictures on my website to go along with this particular podcast. If you have any cases or disappearances that you want me to check out, just message me on the Intrigued Full Effect website or via email at intriguedfulleffect at hotmail.com. Until next time, be safe and stay true. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Intrigued Full Effect, Curious Cases, Disappearances, and Other Stuff podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the host. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The host of this podcast assumes no liability or responsibility for any activities and connections with opinions shared in the podcast. The podcast and blog associated with it shall not be used in any legal capacity or as a basis for expert testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or blog. This podcast uses copyrighted materials that were fully authorized by the owner. Music by Pond5